ESPN Central Texas at Baylor Volleyball right now. Two sets apiece. Minnesota trying to take down the Gophers, and that thing has gone a little uh, a little further than uh, than we thought was going to happen. Barry Tramble joining us now, the uh, columnist from the Oklahoman. And Barry, I tried to kind of wait a couple of days to see perhaps if things would uh, things had calmed down there in Norman. Uh, although, you know, now, of course, you hire a new coach, and then the next excitement is, okay, who are the coordinators going to be? Now, we've been hearing Jeff Levy for a while. We know about him uh, because, obviously, he's Art Briles' uh, son-in-law. But uh, I, is, the, uh, is the, I guess, the shock and, the, and all the stuff from uh, – uh, all the stuff with Lincoln Riley's departure has been now replaced by the excitement over a new head coach. Is the is the Sooner Nation is have you uh, does it feel like everybody has is uh, pretty much signed off and is excited about this uh, head coaching hire? Yeah, you know they went through the seven stages of grief pretty quick, <laughs> um, a lot quicker than usual. So I don't even know what they are, but they went through them all. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. They've really, they've gone from anger and and uh, uh, mystery and, and wondering what the heck's going on to really uh, a great deal of excitement. And, uh, as you said, new blood always gets everybody fired up. So, uh, particularly offensive, everybody wants a new offensive coordinator, and uh, that wasn't ever going to happen with Lincoln Riley since he didn't have one. So, you know, now they're, they're, they're going to get a new offensive coordinator. Looks certainly looks like it's Jeff Levy. He's telling everybody that. Uh, Ole Miss thinks that. He's told them he's leaving. So, um, waiting on OU to officially announce it. But it'll be a it'll be a, a sea change for the Sooners. Seven years of Lincoln Riley's offense, and now they're going to they're going to have a defensive coach and somebody else running the offense. Yeah, uh, it is going to be interesting. It, it does seem like. Uh... Uh, Venables, you know, will run things differently. I, I've, I've been reading some of the media comments about uh, about maybe the way Lincoln did things and maybe Venables. You know, there's always hope among the media. Oh, maybe this guy's going to give us more access and we'll get to talk to more players and that kind of thing. It, your, your memories of Venables, been a while since he was there. But, I mean, you obviously got to know him when he was in Norman. Did you are, – are you surprised – that Venables waited as long as he has to become a head coach? Uh, or did it not surprise you? Because obviously he's had uh, some opportunities along the way. Yeah, it surprised me he waited this long because he, he turned down some pretty good jobs along the way. Uh, most recently Auburn last year. Auburn's a really good job. That's a top 20 job, and you might argue that it's a top 15. We'd have to make a list. So um, there's things not to like about Auburn. Primarily, their fans are crazy, and you're in the state with Nick Saban. But it's still a really good job. He turned down his alma mater, Kansas State. You know, Kansas State's a good, solid place. You can win a lot of games at K-State. It looks like he turned down Texas Tech back in the day. Uh, Miami, those are, those are solid places. And he, at some point, I got to thinking, I don't know if he's ever going to I don't know if he's ever going to take the plunge, but of course he was never offered a job like Oklahoma. So um, any question about what, what he was waiting on, I think have been answered, which is he had a heck of a life at Clemson. He's making a ton of money, 2.5 million. 
He's got great defenses. They got great pedigree. They're in a conference they can dominate. And so I think he said, you know what? I got a pretty good life. I'm going to wait till the not just a good job, but a great job comes along. And if it doesn't, I'm okay with it. And then, lo and behold, one of those jobs came along. What What did uh, Bob Stoops, when, when they parted ways, remind me what happened uh, there? Did he encourage Venables to, to look elsewhere? Obviously, like you said, he, he ended up getting a great gig and then became uh, – I think the highest paid coordinator in the country at one point, at least he was, he was that way. Um, what was there? What was the parting at OU like uh, back in the day with, with yeah. Stoops? Because a Stoops brother was involved. If I, uh, I think Mike was involved at one point. Yeah, it's very strange. You know, OU in, in 2009, OU had a great defense, but they had all the offensive injuries and didn't have a good year. And 10, they had a, a good, solid defense and won the Big 12. In 11, the defense was dropped a little bit. They were in great shape still. They were, they were in the playoff hunt, the two-team playoff hunt, uh, the week before Thanksgiving. And then Robert Griffin decided to win the Heisman Trophy with that, with that uh, touchdown pass there at the end of the, uh, of the game in Waco. So uh, a week later, the Cowboys lit them up and won the Big 12. So it is. The season ended a little bit shakily, and you know, at that point, Mike Stoops had coached Arizona for seven and a half years. He'd been he got fired, and Bob decided to bring Mike back, and and name him co-coordinator along with Brent, which is what they were the first time together. The difference was the first time Mike was the coordinator and Brent was sort of the apprentice, and. They st- they didn't they didn't fight they didn't get a they didn't there was no rift just sort of a weird situation and at some point Dabo Swinney called called Brent Venables and said listen how about this I want to be my coordinator and and Brent got some career advice and decided that spreading his wings would would probably help his career and he decided that was with Mike coming back is a pretty good time to to try something new and he went to Clemson and of course it just worked famously just fabulously Um, and 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 the Stoops brothers weren't upset with him they understood they they wanted him to stay but they realized it was an awkward situation no matter how it went when Clemson beat OU in the 2015 uh, semifinals the Orange Bowl I was actually walking with Bob and Mike after the game and uh, chatting and, and at one point Bob said oh I forgot. We got to go find Brent, and they went out on the field and found Brent out there. He, I think he's with his family or something, and had a big embrace. And you know, you could tell they were really happy for him. He just beaten them, but they were happy yeah. for his success. So they've always been close, always yeah. been tight. It just was an awkward deal back in 2011. Yeah, I think now you know my my memory's kicking in. I think I think Venables was helped by the fact that. Uh, Kevin Still, the former Baylor head coach, was at Clemson and had given up sixty or seventy points in one of those bowl games or something. You remember? And they yeah. ran him West out of Virginia. there. Yeah, West Virginia, <laughs> seventy to thirty-three in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who that would have been. That was pre. That was that pre Geno. Was that pre Geno? No, that's Geno pre- Smith. That's Geno Smith. Gino. Remember, everybody in the Big Twelve got their eyes got as big as saucers, thinking these guys are coming into the Big Twelve. <laughs> they're going to they're kill us all. 
It's true. It's true. Back in the day, and uh, boy, uh, that was that was an interesting time. Uh, talking to uh, Barry Trammell from the Oklahoman, uh, and has covered this and covered it extremely well at a wild uh, time there. Well, you were also up at that Big Twelve title game the other day. We got to talk beforehand. Uh, what a what a wild ending that was, Barry. Now that you've seen everything play out, what do you think they would have done had that kid? gotten in the end zone, uh, uh, and McVay wasn't able to string that thing out, and and, uh, and Gundy and OSU win that game. What do you think would have happened uh, with the uh, with the, the Final Four? I think OSU would have gotten in. Now, with that said, most of my colleagues around the nation and whatnot they think Cincinnati would have got in, and they might be right. I'm not claiming I know. I just know that, you know, judging by past uh, past decisions, they're predisposed to the Power Five, and OSU would have been a strong candidate. I mean, if OSU wins that game, they got two wins over Baylor, a top-10 team, and then they'd have another one over Oklahoma, a top-15 team, and that's a pretty good resume. What was to Iowa State in Ames in which, you know, a spot late in the game while they're driving a fourth down spot comes up an inch or two short. OSU, by the way, two losses this year, both literally by inches. Uh, so I think you can sit in that, in that committee room and say, this is a really good team, and I think somebody would have said it. Would that have been enough to, to jump them past Cincinnati? I don't know. But I sort of think so if you look back at, at what people have done in the past. Did you? We were so focused on Baylor, obviously, because that's the team we cover. Um, did Gundy catch any uh, any flack for um, uh, for the way he handled that game? Obviously, they were uh, it had some red zone issues, and then he had a decision to make down there whether to go ahead and and go for it or make it twenty one sixteen. What was the uh, what was kind of the fallout from it? Yeah, there's people, a few people have questioned that field goal. I thought it was a good move, though, because here's the deal. If you if, if you go for it, you know, getting it's, it's still only a 25% chance uh, of, uh, of getting to, of winning in overtime because if you score, score a touchdown, it's, a, it's 50-50 on a two-point conversion. Actually, for OSU, it's about 10% chance of making a two-point conversion in that game. And then in overtime, you're 50-50. So I thought the field goal was the right move, and I think the way the game played out, it showed it was the right move. Uh, His offense, uh, Gundy and his staff have drawn a lot of flack for the lack of of, uh, ingenuity on the goal line. You know, they ran 14 plays, first and goal. Wow. uh, And didn't didn't score – Let's see, they scored uh, on uh, one of them. And yeah. they had seven plays from the two or in, didn't score a touchdown on any of the seven. Uh, on those 14 plays, they ran uh, five passes and nine runs. None of the runs were Spencer Sanders. And he's a pretty mobile quarterback. He can get things done. I would, I'd like to have seen him move the quarterback a little bit, but who knows? Heck, Baylor's yeah. defense was so good at the goal line. I don't know if anything would have worked. I didn't have any great ideas for him. I actually thought the last play was a pretty good, pretty good play where the guy jumps outside. Yeah, just not quite the speed tailback that that you need 
He's more of a versatile, just sort of a jack-of-all-trade guy with, you know, the starting tailback was out, Jalen Warren. So, uh, you know, they, it's just just a series of unfortunate situations. But Baylor made a great play. Baylor just played great defense. The nose guard dominated the game. And then those guys on the perimeter and in the back end made a bunch of plays. And, you know, Baylor deserved a win. They made the plays. Yeah. Uh, Barry Trammell, last thing I have for you from the Oklahoma and Levy, uh, was it Baylor? Obviously, he's been at Ole Miss. Isn't it interesting how Art Bryles, and for obvious reasons, and, and I, I think a lot of people would say valid reasons, his career is pretty much over. And yet everybody on his staff got to go on, you know, with their lives and, and coaching and all that kind of thing. I mean, I I, I can't even – and maybe I'm wrong because you're the one plugged in there. Has, has Levy's – the fact that he's Art's – Son-in-law, does that even come up at all? Or is it, is it just kind of like, hey, this guy's a great offensive mind. We're glad to have him. Let's bring it on in here. Is that even, uh, is that even part yeah. of the, the equation? It is. It is. Um, it has come up. Hasn't been addressed by OU. Um, I can tell you my colleague, Jenny Carlson, has a column coming out in the morning. They're probably on, maybe online right now for all I know saying, hey, what exactly are you doing? Um, so it is going to be a question, no doubt about it. The, the key is this. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem with somebody like Jeff Levy getting another chance. And I just like to see a little bit of contrition from the guy. He's never really said, hey, we just screwed up and we got to do better. That's what I'd want to see from him, and I hadn't seen that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, that is interesting. Well, that'll be an interesting column. Good, uh, good tease there for uh, for your colleagues' uh, column. It's good to see y'all at the game, Barry. I appreciate it, and I uh, hope you get some rest at some point. Hey, thanks, Matt. You bet. There he goes, Barry Trammell, columnist, the Oklahoman. All right, Cam.